Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on and it's such an amazing time. A lot to be grateful about. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hiya, Pat. Are you all ready? I you am all ready super for ready. the day? Sure. Yeah. Are you, mm-hmm. yeah. you going to go traditional this year? For the holiday? Yeah, for the uh, turkey. Yeah, we're pretty much spread all over. I got a couple of events to hit up. So, uh, yeah, let's spice things up this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of thinking about we're probably going to do something a little bit different. I think we're kind of think about, okay, what what could we do just a little bit different for the day? Um, but, you know, the other part of this, now being still on the East Coast, I'll be back on Saturday, had to take a little extended uh, visit. Um, one of our family members uh, unexpectedly went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear And, uh, yep, but I will get to experience a record-breaking cold day of Thanksgiving. That's a good thing. If it's a memory that's going to be made, you might as well have it around that. You know, I'm okay with that, (laughs) but they're already talking about not having the the big floats out there on Thanksgiving. That's Uh, just not right. mm -hmm. I know. I know. That's just me being a kid. I've never been to one of those before. Oh, you know, I think you do it once, Benny. It's kind of like the... um, the ball that drops down yeah, in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. You do it yeah. once. You buck, it's a bucket list thing. And then you're like, all right, uh, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Totally. But if you have kids, the kids, when they're the right age, it is the most amazing thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I think you have a few kids. So there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, today we have a very special show for all of you. Um, I'm so glad to have Paul Selleck joining us again. Um, because, you know, Paul is continuing the teachings of mastery. And this is with the widely anticipated, I know I've been waiting for it, the third book in the series. It's the book of freedom. And by the way, we have two copies of the book to give away. And so as we take this journey uh, down the pathway, we ask ourselves several questions. I know I've asked myself a few questions along the way. I've asked myself some days, I wake up and I ask, how did I get here? And then I realize that I probably had very little to do to get here and be doing what I'm doing. The question that I get asked most, which I'm going to ask Paul, is how do you know, where do you get these questions from that you ask people? How many hours do you prepare for a show? But I'm going to ask Paul that question. Because sometimes there is something that happens to us. And if you're Paul Selleck, you are considered one of the most spiritual channels in the world today. And his fabulous works 
the works that come through that get shared from him, through him, to us um, are phenomenal. The question that we ask is, what is it about the messages that are being brought through today that are showing up in the world that Paul is bringing forth in the world with now, as we're talking about it, the book of freedom? What is it about this book in times where people today may or may not feel free in many ways? Today, we're going to hear about that and much more. Paul, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, I get that question asked a lot. You know, where do you get these questions from that you ask people? You know, how do you know what to say? You know, what school did you go to to study this? And I used to try to come up with a logical answer because I thought I had to have one. What do you say when people ask you, Paul, where are you getting this from? Well, you know, I can't say that I understand how it works. (laughs) Um, I may never, you know, I seem to operate sort of like a radio And so when I'm about to channel or do a dictation session for a book, because I don't write the books, the books are all the transcriptions of of the spoken channelings. I sit in a chair, I close my eyes, I imagine that I'm climbing into the backseat of a car and turning the wheel over, the steering wheel over, and hopefully in the backseat I'm reading a magazine. And uh, I'll hear one word, one phrase repeated, you know, multiple times. And it might be something like, they need to know, they need to know, they need to know. And when I finally give that voice, they need to know, all of the other words come tumbling out behind it. So my job really is about taking dictation. I'm not really thinking about what I'm saying as I'm saying it. I'm understanding it only at the level of of sort of general comprehension because I can't really be an effective channel and be listening too, too closely to the messages that comes. So where does it come from? I'm those who know more than I do, I suspect, who are able to use me as a, a facilitator or as a radio for their broadcast. Yeah, I love the way you describe that because, you know, when I decided to sort of give up trying to be logically uh, appropriate, right? You know, I guess we call it politically correct. First of all, I felt so much better. And then secondly, I realized exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, today in the world, I do understand one thing, that whatever comes forth today in this show is meant to come forth. It's meant to come forth in a way that will educate, inform, or call to action something of importance. And I'd love to talk to you about this because, you know, you and I both went to schools. We taught at the college level. Mm -hmm. Uh, My school wanted to blacklist me. Uh, The dean happened to see me standing and posing with two thunder eggs one day. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I wasn't, that was a whole other story. Mm -hmm. But when we look at this and when we think about the Book of Freedom, how do you how do you talk about the book of freedom the world we live in today mm-hmm. and the timing of all that i don't really i don't think about it i'm mm-hmm. aware that when i'm working the guides are bringing through an ongoing teaching mm-hmm. 
And I'm aware that they didn't start to lecture through me until about 2009. And I'd been, you know, doing this work for a good many years before that. But once they started teaching and once I became willing to record the sessions and transcribe them, and now I have them transcribed, they're pretty relentless. I mean, they've delivered actually six books now that are in print and another is ready to go. And their teaching is of the time. And what the guides have said is that humanity is at a time of reckoning and a reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. They've been saying this since the first book, but they're also speaking to the enormous opportunity that's here now for us for realization, which really does mean knowing who we truly are and knowing who everybody else is as well. You know, I mean, they're bringing through uh, a sequential teaching of embodiment and realization. So I believe that it's of the time. I understand from what they've taught through me that there's less density present that allows certain things to happen rapidly that perhaps couldn't happen as rapidly in other times. But really, they don't, they speak to the world in a very interesting way. I've never heard them speak directly to a current event, um, but they'll speak to a teaching about what's happening or what we're experiencing now. So I don't know if this makes sense. So while I think it's all extraordinarily topical, it's rarely dateable, you know, to an event that happened on, you know, Mm -hmm. such and such a date. They're teaching us about where we are, what we've created, and hopefully how to move beyond some of this mess that we've chosen for ourselves. How did how did bringing this uh, book forward, uh, Paul? How did it how did it change you? If it did, it's still changing I me. Mean, they all are. You know, I, I sometimes have to say I don't know that I'm the best student of this work. And my biggest problem with being a channel is that I'm the channel. If you were channeling and I could read your book, I would say, well, I can decide what I think about this. But it's a little challenging for the radio to to judge the broadcast. Mm -hmm. So I am party to the teachings, the teaching of freedom, which is where they left off at the end of the trilogy, seems to be a precursor to the idea of sort of breaking through this falsely imagined ceiling that we collectively share about what's possible. And on the other side of that is what they're calling the upper room, which is, they say, a higher octave of experience, which is what they're now teaching. So the Book of Freedom, for me, has been the permission to break out of the ideas of who I am and the ideas of a, of a collective reality that are generally operating in fear or in perhaps suppression of a higher way of knowing ourselves. So they're teaching liberation, but it's not sort of liberation of the personality. It's the liberation that comes through what they call the alignment to the true self, the truth of who we truly are and have always been. That's the aspect of us that is always free. And once realized, claims that in manifestation as how we live in what they call a, a shared landscape of reality that we've been operating in and through. Mm. Um, I, I know you and I have so much to talk about here today. And as I said before to everyone listening, uh, we have copies of Paul's amazing book, 
uh, to give out today on the show. Benny's going to be busy with that for sure. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Paul about what does this mean, you know, freedom? What is it in the context of what are the messages for each of us to sort of lean in, absorb whatever that might mean to you? And certainly, what is it that day one of the book, at least from my interpretation, calls into action? Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on The Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you your story? Or can you change your story? Can you change what you believe to be true about yourself and your circumstances as part of your healing journey? What if you were to change your expectations? What if you were to invite ease and cooperation into every day and then step back and see what happens? It might just be easier. I'm Megan Edge, and I hope that you'll join me on my new radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. Want to find out more about Megan Edge? Visit her website at meganedge.ca. It's time to step into the power of yes. Creating the life you want is up to you. The power comes from saying yes to ourselves, yes to possibilities, and yes to change. Are you ready? Start achieving your goals and moving life in the direction you want. Tune in each month to Yes Minded Power Radio with Barbara Scheidegger to start living your future now. For more information about the show and working with Barbara, visit yesmindedpower.com. What is holding you back from living the life you are meant to live? Why is it vital to believe in something bigger than yourself? Are you in physical or emotional pain? Tune in monthly to Vibrant Purposeful Living. Awaken the vibrant life within you with Lou Paradise and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Lou's passion is to help everyone experience positive solutions for life. Find out more about Lou with Vibrant Purposeful Living at LouParadise.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Yep, you're tuned in to the Dr. Pat Show right here. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I'm having so much fun getting ready for a January, so to speak, where we'll be kicking off our 15-year Seattle anniversary 
as well as our 10-year Transformation Talk radio anniversary. So you know how to find out about both of those. You can go to the Dr. Pat Show or Transformation Talk radio. Uh, Today, we're celebrating the Book of Freedom. Uh, That is uh, the latest book Paul Selleck has brought forward. And before we jump ahead and talk about day one, um, Paul, how can we find out more about you? How can folks get a copy of the book? Well, you can find about him, about me at my through my website, which is just my name, Paul Selig, S-E-L-I-G dot com. And the book you can find in um, probably any bookseller and online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound. Um, it's out on, you know, Audible as well. So the books are available and the Book of Freedom just came out about two weeks ago. So it's um it's there to be had. Yeah, thank you for that. And by the way, we have two copies of the book we're going to give away, and we'll we'll start that process at the end of this segment. Um, before the break, what I said was I was really eager to talk with you about what I reference as day one, the Christ in manifestation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think many people that would see the book starting out with that may or may not have an understanding of the teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think the teaching here is so important. And I wanted to take the time to talk with you about it because I don't think without us discussing this, Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I know for me, without reading this chapter, it really set the stage here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love for you to share what came to you in this and what the message is for humanity. Well, I can speak to it generally. You know, I, yeah. I I spent the last five days copy editing, proofing, you know, the newest book. So my my thinking is actually ahead of the the book of freedom already yep. into what's next. But in the very first book that they dictated, which was called "I Am the Word," yeah, they said something in the very beginning that I didn't quite understand. And they said, you know, the Christ in humanity is an event that happens. Are the Christ in man is an event that happens, something like that. And I assumed at the time that that meant, well, we're going to be kinder to one another, a bit more illumined, maybe, you know, better people. I didn't know what they were really talking about (laughs) until a few books later. And what they're really talking about is embodiment as the divine self. And the divine self, they say, goes by, can be called anything you like. They call it a number of things the true self, the eternal self, or the Christ itself. Now, the guide's definition of the Christ has always been the aspect of the creator that can be realized in material form as who and what you are. It's the seed of the divine that expresses itself as and through. And the realization of the Christ or that aspect of the divine that can be known in form is in fact their teaching. And they're assuming that the physical self, the body itself, is part of the divine as well that can be realized. So they say that we come from this belief system, perhaps, that says, you know, there's a, if there is a God, it's up there on a cloud and we're stuck here in the mud. And the guides are saying, you know, God is the mud and the blood in your veins and the breath that you breathe and everything and everyone you see. But that aspect that the divine can only be witnessed by one who knows who he or she is. So because we've excluded ourselves from that equation, it's often easier for me 
to realize the divine in my puppy or in the tree outside the window than perhaps mm-hmm. myself. But because we've excluded ourselves to this extent, we've also excluded our experience of the material realm, which we're in co-resonance with. So the teaching of the Christ in manifestation is really the teaching of the realization of this in form and field. And they say that's the realization that lifts the world um, to a higher octave, to a higher experience of being. I, I went on to really read about this and read about, you know, what 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 the the what I call, you know, for me a very key point to this, and in is looking at the the idea of vibration and the reference to a chord, yeah, right, the vibrational reference, the vibrational accord with mm. everything that you see. I think it's I think you talk about that. And, I do, yeah. 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 And when I read about that, I thought to myself, okay, something happens to me when I do a show. Mm-hmm. Something happens to me when I do a show. I, I'm i like you. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it's about. But it it's like this point in time, I'm different than I am when I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And I've often wondered, why am I not that all the time? Why am I not that all the time? But there's something interesting you say here. You know, you talk about this idea of this realization of the cost of the old. Mm -hmm. You talk about that. And I was fascinated, but yet I didn't understand it. And so I'd like for you to talk more about it. I, I just have to say, you know, I don't write these books. I yeah. sit in the chair and I take the dictation. So <laughs> if what I, all the best I can do is try to interpret my understanding of what they say. Mm-hmm. And as best I can, you know, and some of it's from memory and some of it because I end up interpreting a lot when I mm-hmm. teach. The guides will come through. People ask questions. I may say, this is what I think they mean. Yeah. And they often come through and they'll correct me and and give me something more appropriate. But they Mm -hmm. do speak about the cost of the old. And they say that the personality self, you know, the structure of personality that we operate through knows itself through history. So I'm who my mother said I was, I'm how my father treated me, I'm what my teachers said about me, or my ex said about me, or the school that I went to, the color of my skin, the sexual preference, the gender, all those things that we use to sort of identify with. And the realization of the true self, they say, comes at the cost of that. So I'm not where I went to school. I'm not the color of my skin. I'm not what my mother said about me or thought about me or what happened to me when I was five years old, per se, although I thought that I was. The guides say we're always dining out on yesterday's leftovers because we're always calling into the present moment this idea of who we've been, that we've basically constructed. And the teaching of the book in some ways is, you know, and certainly the book that follows it is Behold, I Make All Things New, which is the realization of the divine self that isn't reliant on the data of history to know itself. So I guess the guides would probably say, you know, the true self as you is not afraid, doesn't know Mm -hmm. shame, doesn't need to be better than everybody else or the life of the party or worse than everybody else or these different ways that we've known ourselves. The small self or the personality structure, I understand, has a place. 
But, you know, one of the very first things that I heard when I was in my early 30s and I was opening up to this stuff, and I'm 99% sure I heard this in channel because I wrote it on a piece of paper and I stuck it in a book because I didn't understand it. I heard, you know, and I was very unhappy at the time and I heard freedom will come when the throne relinquishes its king. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. Now wow. I completely. Who's sitting in the throne? Is it the true self, the divine as you, or is it the small self who has an investment in how things should be, how everybody else should behave, how he should be treated or seen? All of those things are moved out of sort of the prime, the primacy of their power to realize the true self. So who's sitting in the throne? The cost of the old is really who I thought I was or believed myself to be. And this is done in relationship to the world around me or around all of us, because there are collective structures that we share. What it means to be beautiful, wealth, you know, poverty, all of these things hold enormous history and ideas about what should be or what's a good thing or a bad thing to move beyond some of these collective structures allows us to have a different experience of ourselves um, without looking to these things for, for mirrors of, of who we are or should be. You know, and that really kind of leads me to something you and I will talk about when we come back. You know, I, I tell you, I, I love the word possibility. I don't know why I love the word possibility, um, I love the energy of it. I love the imagination that I get to experience. And I was reading in the book and I wrote it down. I wrote down a quote right from the book. And, and this is what I want to talk about when we come back. And it's the following. Nothing may be claimed until it is first claimed in possibility. And the possibility that you have been operating in a limited field by collective agreement must be attended to now, I love that. Mm -hmm. And yet, I'm not sure exactly what it means. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to make sure we start giving away two copies of the book. I'm going to talk to Paul, uh, to Paul about possibility. I'm going to find out, like, do we even use the word possibility with the caveat? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. 
Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Healing Beyond Symptom Management into True Wellness with Jessica Dooley on Purely You Radio. Tune in every third Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific as Jessica guides you to find and embrace your purest self. Not the self that is shown on social media, not the self that is created in your family's eyes, but your purest version of you. Purely You Radio supports true wellness, not just symptom management. For more information about working with Jessica Dooley, visit purelyyouhealing.com. Hi. I'm Jane Matanga with Grow Your Soul Radio. It's been said that whatever you believe, you are. When you take charge with your positive thoughts and beliefs, you are the creator of your perceptions. You have the power to shift your reality. When you begin to shift your beliefs, the universe will dream a bigger dream for you than you ever imagined. Believe in your dreams and every part of your world can open up in new and glorious ways because everything is possible. I'd love for you to join me on Grow Your Soul Radio with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am thrilled to have Paul Selleck in the house today for a lot of reasons. And Benny, as I said before, you know, we have two copies of the Book of Freedom to give away. Um, 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And let's go ahead and give the first copy of the book away. It's the Book of Freedom, Paul Selleck. Paul, again, can you let folks know how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you? Sure, the book is available at all major booksellers. You can get it online if you like it, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or IndieBound or any of the other online, you know, merchants. And my website is just my name, Paul at Paul, uh, paulselig.com, P-A-U-L-S-E-L-I-G. Lots of information there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were we were talking a little bit during the break. And um, as I was reading the book, I came across... Uh, the dialogue in the book mm-hmm. about, first of all, about a collective agreement. But around this, I was reading the the whole paragraph. And the paragraph is this. I'll just read it for everyone. It, it begins. It says, imagine that there was a man who was 100 feet tall, a beautiful man with blue skin and silver hair. Nobody has seen such a man. But the moment they do, they realize, which means know that such a man may exist and suddenly you will find that people may be growing to a hundred feet tall with silver hair and blue skin. Nothing may be claimed until it is first claimed in possibility and the possibility that you have been operating in in a limited field by collective agreement must be attended to now. I want to attend to it. Tell me how. <laughs> well, I mean, it's an odd example that they use. I think I remember wincing when I was hearing it. Like, yeah. oh, brother, it's like some Hindu god is appearing, some beautiful, you know, enormous blue-skinned man. Um, 
it's true. What they're teaching is true, and it's extraordinarily simple. I mean, you're not going to take a vacation unless you realize that a vacation is possible for you. Nothing can be chosen until it's first agreed to as a possibility. Now, we're bound in some ways by the collective agreements that we live in. In the new age, sort of people can say, well, you create, I create my own reality, you know? And the guides that I work with would say, well, actually, you're in co-resonance with everything you see, which includes the things you don't like or say you wouldn't choose, but you see before you because your resonance is in adherence with that. These are collective structures that we all agree to. We can all agree to what day of the week it is, perhaps, or the year or the weather in any given day. So there's collective agreements. The idea of possibility sometimes means breaking through those collective agreements to what may be known beyond them. For example, I was raised pretty much an atheist, so I didn't believe that there was much out there that could be known. You know, maybe a little bit of ghosty stuff when I was a kid, but I wasn't a spiritual person. I didn't even know what a spiritual life was or why one would have them. Because of that, there are certain things that I didn't have as baggage. And so certain things became available to me when I work psychically, which is one of the things I do. They call me a medium for the living. I seem to be very effectively able to step into other people. I'll often begin to resemble them and I can hear them. I'm like a switchboard. It's like channeling, but when I'm channeling the guides, the guides are playing me. When I'm tuning into your estranged sister, I'm she's the radio station that I'm playing and being be in discourse with. I didn't know that it wasn't possible to do this. And once I began doing it, it became perfectly normal to me. And so things can be claimed that are well outside of the box that we've agreed to. The guides say we're always operating with these frames, these constructs of ideas of who we are. So say, for example, if I'm the one that says I'm never going to find a mate and that's the frame I walk around with, the purpose of the frame is to fill itself with, with what it expects. And so my reality is always being confirmed my idea of what should be. When you open the frame up wider, much, much, much more is available. We haven't told that we're allowed to do this. So when the guides invite us to claim, I am free, I am free, I am free, which is one of their claims, one of the attunements of the book, they're actually asking us to claim that at the level of the true self who knows this to be true, but also isn't bound by the limited experiences that the shared structure has said, this is all you can have or know or be. Yeah. You know, well, one of the things that I was also struck by too is um, the title of the book, mm -hmm. The Book of Freedom. Yeah. And while one of the books uh, Benny just made me aware of has already been gone, let me, Benny, let's open up the phone lines and give the second book away. 1-800-930-2819, I think this is a time where the word freedom is by and large, uh, or the energy of the word freedom by and large is really an enormously exponential energy in the world at many levels. Whether we're talking about, you know, being part of a group in Iran that is... Uh, 
is persecuted for having the Baha'i faith or freedom for people that are being incarcerated unjustly. Mm-hmm. Or it could be anything, but mm-hmm. it clearly is a word that you're seeing. From a psychological perspective, what I'm seeing is it's a word that is coming forth by people that are having a voice or creating a voice Mm -hmm. in the world by talking about things they've never talked about before. They talk about the freedom of that. I would love to ask you, uh, in in the context of this book, uh, what does freedom mean? I mean, I would have to ask them. You know, I have truthfully, I I don't know that I can answer that as Paul. I'll I'll see if they want to say anything and if I would like to say They're saying we would like to say two things, your idea of freedom. Your idea of freedom is still limited by your identification, is still limited by your identification with the examples used. And the examples you use, those who are oppressed, those who were oppressed seeking liberation, seeking liberation is actually contrary, is actually contrary to the teaching we're we're offering you. We're actually telling you we are actually telling you the true self as you, that the true self as you knows herself as free, knows herself as free. And as you align at that level, and as you align at that level, you realize it, you realize it, the manifestation, the manifestation of your realization of your realization is your experience of being. You operate without the limitation. You operate without the limitation. You claim that you have claimed or been told to have or been told to have the resonance of the word. The resonance of the word as we teach it, as we teach is a key, is simply a key that can open a door, that can open a door, a locked door perhaps, a locked door perhaps, you believe to be there, that you have believed to be there, to be there. There is no locked door. There is no locked door except the one that you create, except the one that you create and confirm by agreement and confirm by agreement, period. And they're saying period. So that's the guides. Yes, I love that. So then in, in essence, does that mean there is no thing as fear? Oh, I think there is a thing as fear. I think everything exists in multiple, the guides say multiple octaves. So sure, I'm not going to pretend that fear doesn't exist. I mm-hmm. can say that fear is a liar. I can say that it's operating in low vibration. The guides that I work with say, you know, there's nothing outside of what we call, what they call God, you know, and that includes fear, but fear doesn't know that it's of God, so it operates in separation, and its claim is of separation. So the action of fear, the guides say, is to claim more fear. We tend to want to fight fear or battle fear, but all that does is put us on the same playing field as it which puts us in a wrestling match that I don't think we ever win. The way to attend to this, I suspect they would say, would be to rise above it, and that's to claim the aspect of the self that doesn't agree to fear, which they say is the true self. The true self exists operationally, they say, in a higher vibration or higher accord than fear. So as you hold that alignment, you stop confirming or agreeing or being in accord to those things that operate in, in lower density or lower vibration. I mean, yeah, that's basically yeah. the teaching. Yeah, I was reading, and one of the things I read was, too, this is really, um, for me, really talks to the issue and the question. And it's, I think it's, uh, you really cannot claim higher and the lower at the same time. Yeah. You know, I love that because... I have had this notion about gratitude. It's kind of been my go-to. 
mm-hmm. where I realized that if I claim gratitude, fear doesn't seem to have a place to come in. And as I, as I continued to read this, I was really struck by the idea that the decisions that we make, uh, we make from faulty information. We do it every day. I think, I think, you know, that's what they say as we go and read the book. And yet I don't think we know that we're doing that. No, um, it's habituated. I agree. Mm-hmm. We look at everything. The guides say, you know, if you look around the room that you're sitting in right now, everything in the room was named by somebody who came before you. Mm-hmm. You're living in a museum of ideas. And everything that's in form was an idea before it was made into form. So... We're always agreeing to the old. To realize the new is to release the investment we've had in what things have been or how we have known them. So we live in a world, I live in a world where there's always going to be a bank and a government and all of these things that have always been there. And I expect to see them replicated. But, you know, that's what a shared construct of reality is. As we begin to move beyond that, we begin to transform the reality we experience. And this is, again, done by the collective. Yeah, there's so much in this book. And uh, I want to get to something that I've now started to do. Thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing this forth. Um, It's a part of the book um, that folks can read. And and by the way, uh, our fabulous listeners now have received this book. And it's this. It says, you will ask yourself a question now. Where is my growth needed? What area of my life is my growth needed? And see what the response is that you get as you ask the true self to become the teacher. Mm -hmm. How do I learn this is the next question you ask. And you will receive the answer. Let yourself receive. Don't assume it's right or wrong. Allow the answer from the true self to come forth. I did this with the situation that happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I was preparing for the show, mm-hmm. and I found myself in the middle of a controversy about a disease, which you know, I'm quite familiar with from my own experience, but the world doesn't always believe in the same things. And I remember reading this, Paul, and I just thought, I got to go to this question. I have to go to this question. Mm-hmm. Because going against is not going to get me this point of growth. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I got to this part in the book, it seemed like everything I read before just came together Good. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about this because I want to have our listeners and the people that are listening I would love to them to share in this experience, but I find that this question is so important and can be used 24-7 in just about everything. Mm-hmm. It's powerful in itself. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you know, how do we, right, how do we share this particular question, this particular teaching with the world? Say the question again, please. Uh, How do we, uh, based on what I read about that, you will ask yourself this question, where is my growth needed? How do we share this with the world? Well, I mean, first of all, this presumes that you know. And the guys that I work with say you do, but not at the level necessarily of the intellect or the personality. Mm -hmm. So if somebody were to say to me, 
you know, Paul, what do you think you need? I'll mm-hmm. tell them what I think I need. I want a partner. I want a bigger apartment. I want, you know, a better yeah. body. I mean, I have my list of things that I think I need. The guides say again and again and again, the true self knows and the small self thinks. The invitation of the question that you asked was to the true self. And if you allow yourself to know, you have the availability to it. Your intuitive self or your true self is as present now as it's ever been. But the small self tends to have an agenda of what it wants and thinks it probably should have had it yesterday. So in terms of how this is shared, I suspect the first thing is that we have the capacity to know. I mean, one of the exercises that guides often do in classes, and they'll say to people, okay, so think of a time in your life when you knew something, anything. I knew the marriage was over. I knew I was in love. I knew I got into the right school. I knew I flunked the test. Anything that you knew. And remember what it was like to know and go into your body and feel that knowing. And check in with yourself, remember what that's life and then like, and then go to something that you think. I think I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow. I think I know how long I'm gonna live. I think I know that my relationship is secure, insecure, whatever you wanna call it. And notice the difference. And there's there's a radical difference. And what I've discovered is in knowing, there's never a question. When you know, you know. And also when you know, you're never afraid. And I've, I've checked this, but you know, imagine that you get bad news. You find, say, a rough medical diagnosis or something like that. The knowledge of that isn't what's frightening. That's usually rather calm. It's the projection of what happens next or what could happen that tends to hold the fear. So the true self, again, doesn't operate in fear. And when you know you're operating as the true self. Mm. Um, you know, Paul, one of the things that I found myself, uh, or I, I, what happened to me after reading the book, mm-hmm. was I I had more questions than I thought I would have. Not about not from a not from an academic perspective, mm-hmm. or from an, uh, 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 a critical thought perspective, but from my own perspective, from looking at. Um, what it is now at this point in time in my life, mm-hmm. you know, what is the next level of growth for me? Uh-huh. What is the next level of growth? And I couldn't help but even after looking at and reading the book in full, I really stayed with that particular part of the book. And so what I walked away realizing was that I got my answer. This is the place that I need to grow, right? This is the place. And and then I went on to read. And and this is, again, for those of you out there that have not got a copy of this book, I I just absolutely love this. And I love it maybe because it really did help me understand where I needed to grow. Um, And it says now the last question we would say is, am I who I say I am? And say that again. Because I'll tell you, I started to cry right about here. Am I who I say I am? And who answered the questions will give you the answer of what, of what voice you are listening to. The true self knows who she is. There is no question. 
The small self assumes and thinks, looks beyond her for the mirrors of the worthiness or her value, seeks to decide, dependent upon what the person beside her has just done. Mm -hmm. Do you understand this teaching? And I ask myself, do I understand it? Well, my emotional reaction from this, I, I really did. I brought, it brought tears to my eyes. I don't quite have an understanding of why that is, but mm -hmm. it hit me really deeply. Yeah. Well, you know, what the guides have said again and again and again is they say what is true is always true. And they say in truth, a lie cannot be held. Mm. And when you're in alignment to truth, the ideas and the, the structures that we've invested in that aren't true tend to fall away and not always comfortably. You know, my personality self has a great investment in who he thinks he is and what he mm. should be. And that's all based on everything the guides just said, history, how I'm seen, how I want to be thought of, all that stuff that doesn't really mean truthfully a damn thing when you uh, get down to mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so the recognition that you're experiencing is an important one. You know, sometimes when I'm, I do workshops all over, the, you know, all, over the, all over the world now, the guides come through and they teach the whole thing. And somebody will raise their hand once in a while and say, well, my truth is... And the guides say, well, that's not your truth, that's your opinion. And there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. But the idea that truth is subjective, I suspect, is something that we need to move beyond. Mm -hmm. Because finally, you can, I can say it this way, it's, it's always true that at this moment in this strange history that we are sharing here, you and I are always having this conversation on this date at this moment, but it's not always true that we're having this conversation. Do you understand? So what is true is always true. And the true nature, the guides would say, the aspect of you who knows the eternal self or the Christ itself, that aspect of you who has access to knowing is the one who needs to be heard and realized and will be there as we, as we align to it. Mm. There's a question, um, and it's not a question, but there's a reference to the higher octave. Yeah. For some reason, I, I just love that phrase. Yeah. Don't quite sure know why. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, and as I kept reading, there's this, this idea, and Paul, I hope I get this, you know, I get the meaning of this. It talks about that our possibility here, if I could use that word, is to, to have the resonance at that level, that higher octave level. Yeah. Right? Exactly but right. it's not talked about as an abnormality or mm -hmm. it's not talked about as, yeah, some of the people. My sense is it is innate to us to have this yes right? it's it's not about specialness no you know, that's what i mean about that it's, mm -hmm. it's the opposite of that it's about the commonality of the divine that is in all things you know the teaching of 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 the higher octave the guides also call it the upper room is the book that they dictated next at the end of the book of freedom they invite everybody up this up the stairs and over this threshold you know into freedom and they start the next book at the top of that stair across that threshold. And they call that, you know, the higher octave or the upper room. The guides say, you know, we are existing in a shared octave, a shared 
tonal experience that is the world we know and everything is in tone, they say, and in vibration. And there are other infinite octaves above and beyond this one. And I would expect perhaps below too. I haven't even gotten into that stuff with them yet. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that any you can play the, the note C in any octave up into infinity. Do you understand this? Yeah. yeah. So the note that is U can be played in the higher field. My guys, maybe it's because I flunked science or at least me too. C or a D. <laughs> the guys don't talk about dimensions to me, but they talk mm-hmm. about octaves, mm-hmm. and I suspect it may mean the same thing. Mm. One of the things I want to read, and I know we've got two minutes left, but again, I'm going to the parts of this, and and I look forward to reading the book again, um, is this. Now we will say these words on your behalf, and we will say them with love. On this day, we choose to witness all who hear these words as on a journey of reclamation. As the true self ascends and reclaims itself in form and field, The release of the old is accompanied by love and agreement to be in love. And the shadows of the past will be removed by the light of truth that will seek to realize itself through all mankind. We know who you are in truth. We know what you are in truth. We know how you serve in truth. You are free. You are free. You are free. Very special gift, Paul, to us. Well, Very they, special gift. They come, they come with a purpose, and I, 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 I suspect they're, they're very good teachers. Mm-hmm. So they meet us where we are, and hopefully they'll continue to do so. Thank you. Well, I thank you. Paul, again, how can people get a copy of the book, and what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Oh, I just want to thank people for listening. Um, I'll let the guides say something if they want to. Thank you as well. They're just saying thank you as well, privileged. I hear privileged. So, you know, the books are available, you know, at all the major booksellers. You can get them online at Amazon. There's lots of information on my website, uh, which is just paulselig.com. I do live streams every Wednesday where the guides are taking questions from people about their teachings and their lecturing in an ongoing way. So it's a big one-room schoolhouse and everybody's welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Paul Selleck, everybody, please get a copy of the book. Uh, also, Benny, thank you for pushing all the right buttons. Um, and I can't wait for the next book already, Paul. Thank you. Uh, thank you. All right, everybody. Have a fabulous, fabulous one. Remember, this is a higher octave we're talking about. And again, that is about all of us. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.